0: It's a ball out. Hit it inning, 10-3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits on a real finish. He swings, and it's a high-fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. And man, I am pumped for this one. Five-time All-Star, about to be joining me, MVP award winner, an absolute legend in the game and has had so much fun playing it no matter where he has been. Andrew McCutcheon is about to join me here in a minute. We're going to talk about his nine years in Pittsburgh and how much that means to him, proposing to his now wife on the Ellen DeGeneres Show playing in Milwaukee now with the Brew Crew. It is going to be an absolute blast and I am pumped for you guys to hear it. So let's get into it. Let's get to him now. Andrew McCutcheon. Kutch, thank you so much for joining me, man.
1: Oh man, you know, appreciate you for having me, man.
0: Of course, of course. Hey, I want to go back to, to early on in your career, early in your baseball career. And in high school, it wasn't just baseball for you. You did it all. You won a state title and track. You played football. You played baseball. You even had a full full ride to play football at Miami. How how easy was the decision for you to end up picking baseball? I mean, you you literally did it all.
1: Yeah, quite frankly, um, it was fairly easy because I was drafted in the first round. <laughs> I'm not trying to I'm not trying to like I don't mean that in a bragging way, but I mean, it It, it was like, it was pretty simple for me. I mean, at, at, at that rate, I, I only played to my sophomore year of football. Um, so I, I pretty much just stuck with baseball after that. And, um, you know, that's what I wanted to do. So, um, yeah, when I got drafted, it was a no brainer, man. I was like, let's go do it. Pursuit of dreams, man. And, uh, and uh, let's go from there.
0: Yeah, I saw it. Probably a pretty easy decision. And I also saw your senior, your last year in high school. You hit like almost eight hundred or something like that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, hey, I mean, we. I mean, we. The competition. I, the competition wasn't that great. I mean, guys were throwing seventy five. I was. I was in a. You know, I was a Division One A in high school, so yeah. we weren't playing you know, that, that hard of schools until we got to like district and regionals. And Cush, guys like stop that. being so, so
0: humble, man. Eight hundreds, eight hundred. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey man, you know, I'm just saying it, it wasn't, it wasn't, the competition wasn't scarce. I was scarce. Let's just put it like that.
0: <laughs> That's great. Hey, I, I also, I, I've heard a lot of stories about the sacrifices that your parents made along the way and how influential they were to you and your career Talk a little bit just about how much they've meant to you along the way.
1: Oh, man, my parents, they're they're everything. They meant everything to me. Uh, They definitely sacrificed a lot. They had me when they were in high school. They were still in high school, seniors. Um, And um, so my dad, he was a football player, running back, linebacker. He ended up uh, going to Carson Newman in Tennessee. Um, I believe they won a division. They won championship there his freshman year. And he was kind of stuck with the decision of, do I pursue my dreams of playing football? Or do I come back and take care of my yeah. my, my son? So he, he ended up sacrificing, coming back, working countless jobs, taking care of me. And, and um, yeah, man, they, they sacrificed a lot, man, uh, awesome. growing up. Honestly, quite frankly, I don't know how they did it because <laughs> I was sitting here, I'm 35 right now, and I was, I my parents at 35, I, that means I was 18. So... <laughs> I just don't understand. That. I'm like, I don't, I don't see how I could be raising an 18 year old. What do I say to an 18 year old right now? You know, he'd be asking to borrow my shoes or something. I, I don't, I don't really know, man. It's uh, but they, they did it. And hats off to them because, uh, man, it, it definitely got, got me to where I am today.
0: Dude, you know, it's funny in a very small world situation. I have probably played in five games that your mom sung the national anthem before the game.
1: <laughs> like, what are the
0: odds? What are the odds? One one of them was I, I think I was in a big league spring training game playing against you guys, and she sung the national anthem, and she apparently does that a good bit in Lakeland. When did when did that become a thing?
1: Man, so I think one of the first times she came, it, it was a uh, it was one of it was a wild card game mm-hmm. um, with the Pirates, and she sang it, and the place went bonkers, of course, and we ended up winning. And that game, and of course, after that, they're like, "We gotta get her on as many times as possible." So she <laughs> she sang it. She sang it another year. We lost. And she was like, "I'm not doing it again." <laughs> so so <laughs> I was like, "All right, all right." So but she did it quite a bit. Last time she did it was in uh, 2019 when I was with the Phillies, and we had like uh, we had a big Mother's Day there, mm-hmm. and so she sang uh, on Mother's Day. And that was nice. So um, that was the last time she did it. But anytime she gets the opportunity, if it works out, she, she goes out and she I does it. So it's great. It's great. Proud of her for that.
0: I love that. Hey, so I want to talk to you about the, the transition. You, you get drafted in the first round by the Pirates and go from what you said, a, a high school would not maybe the best competition in the world, to playing pro ball. For myself personally, the transition from college to then getting drafted and playing pro ball was extremely difficult. What was that transition like for you immediately going from facing guys throwing 70, 80 to to 100 in pro ball? And I can't imagine how difficult that transition is as a high schooler.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I I will say one of the things that my dad instilled in me at a very young age was it didn't matter what the competition was. you know, I, I was going to be able to, to, to hang with it. I was going to be able to compete and compete at a high level, no matter where I went, uh, even at a, as a young kid, a lot of times I go to these tournaments, I would play in age brackets, you know, that were, you know, more. I so saw I'd be 10, I'd be playing with the 15 year olds. So, you know, it was, I think my dad was trying to make, to, to instill that in my brain that doesn't matter what the age is, doesn't matter the competition, you'll be able to compete. So I think uh, that definitely helped propel me into having uh, some success when I got drafted from high school, getting to, to pro ball, and you're facing guys who, you know, you had probably, probably I'd never seen 90, I I've probably never seen 95 until right. I, I got there. And, uh, but, you know, it was, it was for me, I was just like, all right, let's go, let's bear down, let's do it, it's baseball still at the end of the day, let's go play it. I'm probably not going to hit 700, but I'm going to try and get <laughs> close to it, and, um, you know, go out there in and, and, and battle, man. And um, yeah, it it's it's a it's a it was a great thing. Crazy, crazy quick story that when I first got drafted and my first pro ball, I had a guy by the name of Woody Heike, mm-hmm. who's been around for a very long time with the pirates, came to me and he goes, All right, that seven hundred stuff, that's not gonna happen here. And I remember looking and he goes, Three hundred. Now three hundred is good and I remember laughing in his face and going, Three hundred, I've never hit three hundred in my life. Like I always hit higher than that, so I never. I I wish I still had that mentality. But but, uh, that was that was uh, definitely uh, an eye opener for me once I kept playing.
0: Yeah, things change a little bit when guys are throwing 192 mile an hour sliders. That's why I'm sitting here though, and and talking talking about (laughs) baseball. Hey, so you start shooting up through the system, and I know. So your short season, you played in Williamsport, and I don't know if you know this, but. At some point, the Pirates organization transitioned over to Jamestown, the Jammers, and you dodged a bullet. That place is an absolute <laughs> dump.
1: Oh, gosh, man. You definitely have your uh... – yeah, there, 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 there's some places that aren't great. But, uh, <laughs> I will say I, I got lucky with uh, the, the places that I went throughout the minor yeah. leagues.
0: You make your big league debut in 2009, and it was awesome, man. It really was a lot of fun to watch you, and – you go on one of the most incredible stretches. For a while, you were one of, if not the best player on planet Earth, a bunch of all-star games, MVP award, playing all in front of your hometown, the the place that loves you more than anything, Pittsburgh. When you look back on your time there, what does it mean to you? What did playing in front of that crowd mean for you?
1: Man, it meant so much. Uh, we went through so much, uh, not just as a team, franchise, but, I mean, the city of Pittsburgh. I think that's what made it so special is uh, you know you really you have such a hometown feel when you're there and you really feel like uh you feel what you feel a part of what the fans have felt and did feel over those years when uh they lost and then you have so many stories of people who were around when they won back in the 70s. And um, you know, that whole we are family vibe, you you get that vibe there. And I'll never forget I was with my best friend Kenny in like 2010 or 2009 and i was in the middle of the mall i'm sitting down and we're just eating and um i looked at him and i went man if things go the way i want them to go here man i'm not going to be able to do this again i'm not going to be able to sit down at this ball and and just eat comfortably and i was like you know and i'll be cool with that and um you know, we kind of like, you know, sat there and thought about it for a minute. And, you know, fast forward, I mean, things started happening the way I wanted them to. And, uh, you know, we we I had a really good time there. But, man, it, it's, it holds a special place in my heart. And, uh, you know, every time I go back there, um, I, I get all the feelings, the euphoric feeling. Every time I go back, the fans are always great. And, um, yeah, I love it, man. It's, it, it's amazing. Still live there in the off season, And, yeah, I, I really enjoy it, man. I enjoy my time there.
0: Well, it got to a point where you know you were even, you, you. Everybody would recognize that you're the best player on Earth, and you had those dreads. So my question for you is: Are the dreadlocks ever coming back? <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're not. They're not. It's too too much. I, 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 it's too much. Man, too much maintenance. Take too too long. You know, I had I had those things for uh, nine years, man. So. Um, you know the pro- the process of trying to grow those back, yeah. It's it's too long of a process. So <laughs> no, man. I, I had my fun with them. I love it.
0: You know, people <laughs> always talk about it like,
1: all right, cool, man. But uh, you know, guy got to grow up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> in, in
0: 2013, there you got to play in, and I remember it like it was yesterday. One of the coolest wild card games I think I have ever witnessed. The blackout game. The the whole city was behind you guys. It was awesome to see. When you look back on that night, that game, the blackout, what are some of the memories that come to mind from that night?
1: Man, it was amazing. I can't take full credit for the blackout. So My, my good friend, Michael McHenry, who I played with for quite a few years in Pittsburgh, the day before um, we were having practice, and he came up to me and he went, man, you know it'd be really cool, man. if everybody dressed in black, you know, and all the fan, the whole fan base came. Everybody had on black. We called it blackout. Like he was going over this with me, and I'm getting hyped up. I'm like, bro, this would be, <laughs> this is gonna be sick. And at the time, I was pretty hot on Twitter. So then I was like, I went on Twitter and I basically said, I need everybody, all fans, coming to the game tomorrow, wear black, blackout, be a black sea. It's gonna be great. And uh, the following day, uh, I get I'm at the stadium and I get a picture from uh, someone within the Pirates organization of people crossing the Roberto Clemente Bridge right next to the stadium, yeah. and it was full of black. And I was showing everybody on the team, and I went, "We're winning. <laughs> the game's over. We won. <laughs> we won already." Uh, and so, like you know, it, I mean, it, it was it was amazing. The whole game was amazing. I've never been a part of a crowd that was that loud. I couldn't even hear myself talk at at times. It was so loud, man. It was was a great experience. People, we all enjoyed it. We loved it, man. Everyone still talks about that game. I mean, people were jumping off the bridge into the murky water. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, what is this? But man, I mean, it just shows you the 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 joy that the, the game of baseball brings to you, man, and uh, and the fans as well. So I, I had a good time. That was that was an amazing experience.
0: Is that is that the coolest game that you've ever played in? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, it it really is. I mean,
1: all things considered, um, that that game you know stands out the most um, from the Johnny Cueto quants uh, Johnny Cueto, uh chance yeah. to. You know, then the home run being hit right after that. You know, the fans erupting. Like it, it was just, it was, it was amazing.
0: I mean that that whole year. I mean, your MVP. Th- that game happens. I mean, it, it. What a year that was. And then it continued on in the off season. You actually went on Ellen DeGeneres and proposed to your now wife. How did that situation come to be? How did you come up with that?
1: <laughs> uh, long story short. Uh, um, basically, I was trying to figure some things out how I was going to propose to my wife. Uh, one thing fell through, uh, and this opportunity came about, and I was like, jumped on it. So um, I, I, I told I told my then girlfriend at the time, uh, I was like, "Hey, going to go on the Ellen show." Uh, you know, considering the year I had been MVP, us making it to the playoffs for the first time. She wants me on the show to ask me questions. I think it would be a good a good opportunity for her. But she was like, "Yeah, you should do it." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I can invite one person. Uh, so make sure you, you wear something real good because <laughs> I think there's I think they're gonna ask me if I have a girlfriend um, or you know a significant other. And so I was like, "So make sure you wear something nice." And she was like, "Okay." And that like that's basically how. So it she went. had no like, idea. You know, no, no, no idea, man. We I put her in the stands, and the whole thing went the way that it was supposed to go. I guess I said my lines. I don't remember. I blacked out.
0: You blacked and, out. Uh, what did what, what did she do? Uh, was she crying? I, I think she was too in shock
1: um, <laughs> to cry. I, I don't really remember, and I don't watch it. Like I've probably watched it one time, but I, I don't watch. Why it not? Because I man, the the feelings you get from, oh, uh, you don't want to relive that. <laughs> like, not in a bad way, but, you know, it's just, you just like, man, it's, it's so, like, gut-wrenching when you watch it. You're just like, oh, man, oh, so happy that's over. <laughs> so, we did it, man! I did it. You know, it, it's uh, been history from there.
0: Have you been Have you been more nervous for anything on the baseball field, or was that moment the most nervous you have ever? been? Oh, by far, that was the <laughs> most nervous I've ever been.
1: More than any game I've ever played. Like that, that, that one. I mean, that's a that's a tough that's a tough thing. People don't understand the pressure that men are under <laughs> when it comes to proposing to your
0: girlfriend. People
1: do not understand it. If, if, if you're not a male, if you just don't get it, I'm telling you. It's tough. It is, it is tough.
0: (laughs) So you've since playing in Pittsburgh, moved on and played for a few different teams. But before we talk about that, Pittsburgh clearly means so much to you and you still have family there and you still have, you know, uh, you hold down roots there. And what does the city of Pittsburgh mean to you?
1: I mean, it's, it's amazing. It means everything to me. I mean, that's where I got my, my career started. Uh, it's where uh, a scout spotted me and said, let's give this kid from Fort Meade, Florida, a chance. Um, and, um, yeah, it's it's where, uh, you know, my journey and in, in the game of, of professional baseball started. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for that, um, you know, who knows? I mean, i clear that I'd probably be on another team, but, you know, it it, it worked out the way that it was supposed to work out. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I I really enjoyed myself, my, my career there. Um, you know, it was a place where I thought I wouldn't leave. You know, I I thought that I was going to be there for my career. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's when you realize the game is a business and, um, you know, it, it doesn't always go the way that you plan on it going, but you just have to keep bearing down and just appreciate the time that you had there. And I did, it was a great nine years that I spent, that I spent there. And, uh, yeah, man, it's a special place. Special place. I really, really enjoyed just uh, every moment, every moment, every up, every down, hundred loss season to almost hundred win season. It's uh, it was a, it was a great experience for me. Grace I swear, I met my wife. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's awesome, man. It's awesome.
0: That's exactly what that's exactly what my brother says about Detroit. Is he never expected to leave? He thought he would spend his whole career there. But at the end of the day, it's a business and it happens. But there's still a lot of love in your heart for the place that gave you gave you that chance. Um, it's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And, and you spent you spent nine years there and then kind of shuffle around to a few different places, a, a stent in New York and in Philly for a little while. And w- was it hard for you after spending so long in one area to kind of shuffle around to different teams to, to feel at home in an area? Was that difficult?
1: Yeah, it it, it, is, it is definitely a transition, and the way that I looked at it was no other place is going to feel like home, especially when you've been somewhere for so long. It's no different than being than growing up as a kid in at one house. You've been there for a majority of your life, and then you end up going. You, you meet your friends. You mean you have family. You have everything there yeah. at one place, and then you end up leaving and going somewhere else. It's not going to feel remotely like the home that you grew up in and this is the same that was the same situation for me it wasn't I wasn't trying to go somewhere where and try and make it recreate it and make it feel like home I knew that was impossible but um, I knew the transition was going to be different it was going to be challenging and it was Um, you know I had just had a newborn um, you know and trying to get used to being on a different team you know you know, I was the, being going to the Giants, which they were amazing. That that organization was a great organization. I don't think I, I could have gone anywhere else to make me feel um, as as comfortable as I did. They they were amazing. They did a tremendous job, just making me as comfortable as possible. Yeah, and I appreciate that more than anything. Great guys over there, uh, great organization. But um, yeah, it was definitely challenging at first. You uh, know, uh, I always wondered how it would be when you first get traded, you know, I, you know people always talk about it, but you don't really understand it until it happens to you. So let that happened. I mean, yeah, it was, it was definitely challenging, um, for, for a while, but, um, after, after the first time, it's like, okay, yeah. you know, let's, it's kind of, it's kind of exciting. You know, you go to <laughs> a different team, you get to figure out the, you know, the, like how cool that, that organization is. You get to learn some things about it. It, it actually is it's kind of a fun experience after the first time to get traded.
0: Well so so now this year you wind up in Milwaukee with the Brewers. What was it about Milwaukee that ultimately said made you say, "That's where I want to be, I want to be in Milwaukee, that's where I'm going to sign?
1: Yeah, I think in the beginning, you know when you're when you're uh fresh, you're a rookie, you're in the major leagues you, you you're, you're you just love everything about it. you're not you're, you're there. Uh, the bright lights, the the fans, the just everything about the game is everything you would have ever wanted to wish for, hope for. And then, uh, and he, winning is like you, you care, but you know you're just like I'm just happy I'm here. Right. But eventually, over time, you're like, man, I really want to win. I want to know what that feels like. And then, especially when you've experienced the taste of it, you want more of it. And so, when it, when I have when I have these opportunities. To be able to sign with these teams, I'm I'm trying to be somewhere where I know I can have an opportunity to be able to win. And then so when when the Brewers came along, I felt like it was a no brainer Been in the playoffs the last four years. um, And I felt like, yeah, it's a great place to be. And uh, I mean, who, who wants to face Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff? You
0: know, like, <laughs> or not you. Of, or, That's why you or joined us. Who
1: wants? Yeah. Who wants to face those guys? So I was like, yeah, let me get over on that side. <laughs> that side. Let me get on that squad and let's let's do it. So, man, it's, it's been amazing, man. It's, it's fun over here. You know, I'm back in, you know, familiar territory being back in the NL Central. And uh, it's it's great. I get to go home back to Pittsburgh every, you know, four, four times or so. So, yeah, man, I'm enjoying my time here.
0: How I mean, you talked about Burns and Woodruff and, and Peralta and how incredible they are. How about the back end of the bullpen? How incredible has Josh Hader been at the back of the bullpen? I mean, it's it's game over.
1: Yeah, I mean, quite frankly, you could just put your glove on the ground. <laughs> you don't even have to. You don't, I mean, put a, bring the lawn chair out, you know, take the newspaper out, like, put your feet up. You know, that, literally, like, majority of these guys, you know, I've been engaging mostly, but I have some games where every now, and then, like probably every four or five games, I'll go and I play the outfield. It wasn't until this last game that I just played defense, where I probably get one ground ball, like you know, in the, in the outfield, I don't get anything hit to. It. <laughs> I'm like, man, this could be the easiest Gold Glove I could ever win because I ain't getting anything. You know, <laughs> you know, but it. I mean, that's that's what that's what makes these guys good, man. That bullpen, these this, this these arms, man. I mean, everyone knows it. That, that's their M.O., man. It just, you, got, you got arms, and they, they shut it down more times than not. All we got to do is throw some, a few runs up on the board, and they're, they're going to take care of the rest. So uh, the games that we lose, we know we should have won. You know, we yeah. just had a game. We just lost. We knew we should have won that game. That's, most, that's ma- how majority of, of the losses have been. So just um, shows you how special the team is.
0: What have you learned about yourself? Playing in Milwaukee this year, you have a bunch of different roles. You're DHing a lot. Sometimes you're leading off and playing outfield. What have you learned about yourself in kind of a different role this year in Milwaukee?
1: I'm understanding the impact. The impact that I could bring to a ball club. Um, you know, sometimes you don't necessarily. try to be modest about you know your role um, and whatever that that is, but you know I'm starting to realize you know, how impactful I can be, you know, not just being in the lineup and, and, and being, and helping in any way that I can when I'm hitting or if I'm playing the outfield, whatever that it is, but it's just the presence of being around the team and trying to make the team better by the way that I carry myself. And, and by the way, that I, the way that I do things, yeah. I think, uh, I'm starting to just really focus in and, and own into the, the things that I can do to one, make myself better, but make the guys around me better. And, I think I'm really starting to to feel that a lot more. Maybe it's because I am DHing more and I have more time to to really think about it. But um um it it's it's uh yeah, it's just figuring and realizing the impact that you can have on a ball club, you know, on the guys around you. And uh, yeah, I just I'm just finding ways to try and trying to make trying to make the team better. That's it. And and it's yeah. um, you know, it's it's been a it's been a, a fun ride thus far. Um and um yeah, man, I just hopefully we can just finish strong and uh just take care of the, the game today.
0: Yeah. I mean, you get the the team is is legit. And I've said this a lot about the team. It's kind of built so that the lows are never too low, but the highs are elite, you know, because the pitching staff is always keeping you guys in it. It's a lot of fun to watch. And unfortunately, this year you went on the COVID IL recently and missed some time, but what I want to talk about is during that time you were Live tweeting a good bit about games, a lot of insight there. So, Kutch, my question to you is post career, whenever that comes, is there a future in broadcasting or something in that field? I haven't given it much
1: thought, but
0: I do realize that um, there is some opportunity
1: there. Um, so, I'm not, it's not something that I'm going to say no to, but um, if the opportunity presents itself, um, which uh I'm sure there may be some opportunities there when I'm when I'm done playing. I'll probably jump on it because you know there is some things that uh I can't just sit around the house, you know. So um <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna want to get into something. And uh I I I do think in, in some way, shape or form, um that, that opportunity is there for me. So yeah, um yeah, yeah, I definitely would like to look into it, man, because uh, you know, it definitely is good to get some insight so people can have a different view of What they may be seeing, Um, you know. I've always, at the end of the day, like I always want to tell myself, I don't want to be too far removed from being a player. A lot of times, what happens when these, when you're a player, then you're removed from it for a while. You kind of forget, you know, and that that just happens. as part of it. But I I want to be, I want to be close enough to it to where people can realize I can give them a different point of view from a player standpoint, as opposed to giving it from a fan view or a fan standpoint. So I think um, I think I could bring something to the table to just where people can go. Man, I didn't I didn't think of that. I didn't know that. You know. Right. So um, yeah, yeah, something I'd definitely be into.
0: Is is Kutch the coach on the table? Is there a coaching career possibly at any point? <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no
1: chance. That is way too stressful. I hear you. That is, I don't I don't know how these guys do it, man. These, I mean, who knows, man? Because that it's a tough job. You're diff- you're dealing with a bunch of a bunch of different people, man, and uh, <laughs> different personalities on a daily basis. And man, you're you're giving constantly, you know. So it, that's tough. But now, I, I don't think that's a place for me. I do think there's a small place for me, um, in that aspect. I love hitting. I love the art of hitting. I love everything about it. But I, I ain't trying to be a hitting coach. <laughs> but um, but I, I do think there's uh some type of something um, when it comes to that so yeah. I don't know man well you'd, I
0: guess we'll see you'd be great I mean your analysis was all it's, it's fun to follow along you're obviously a brilliant baseball mind and you got the personality I, I hope you do it I hope you join me here on flipping best that'd be fun as well hey oh, I, yeah. I was, no, no, no. I was no, no, no. listening to an interview with Rowdy Telez the other day and he said that you gave him the nickname grew from despicable me what how did that ca- come to be what that's that's not that's not true Cap,
1: I did not give that man. I I did not give that man. I just I went on with it. Someone gave him the name, and I went on with it. So that's probably what he went. That's probably what he he heard because someone called him Groove, and then I was like, no, 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 everybody in line. Like I was like talking like Groove, and I think maybe he heard that and it was thought. I I was like, no, bro, I never did. I, I didn't even know that was his name. You know, like so. <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't. But it was funny. It was funny.
0: I uh, will say that. In your in your long career of playing, I- assuming that assuming you're telling the truth and you didn't actually give that nickname, what is the best nickname that you have ever given a teammate?
1: <laughs> I think one of the best is man. It's it's such a hard it's such a hard way to to explain why but starling Marte we call him bean bean and so if if you realize who Marte is like as a person you realize why we call him that like so, it was just a it was a long story short we did an improv improvisation with the team we did um jack and the beanstalk and he was a part of the improvisation mm-hmm. and he had to say something about beans and selling beans for a cow, and he was just like, give me the bean for the cow. Give me the cow for the bean, like that. So he was just saying that. So it was really, really funny. So we just started calling Bean Bean after that. So like, it was, um, I, I think that's just one of the funnier, funnier like, nicknames that we've ever given somebody. But yeah, uh, yeah, Marte, man, he's, he's he's great.
0: When are you guys doing improv? How did this come, like what was this improv session like?
1: Oh man, yeah, so Steve bomb. He, um, he he's a guy. He has his own company, mm-hmm. uh, Game On Productions, and um, yeah, he he he's big on that. He would always come to the come to the, the the clubhouse, and he would do this. I don't um I don't know if you ever heard of like whose line is it anyway? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like it's it's like that show, and he would kind of like have his own improvisations, and then yeah, people would come up and we do different ones it is such a fun time. we have such that's a great good time with that and um but um yeah it that's that, yeah it was uh it was fun man it was fun but like Marte hey, bean bean that that's that's <laughs> that's him man Bean bean man
0: hey so so now that you're you're with the Brewers and my favorite movie, my favorite baseball movie of all time is major League and Bob euchre is there in Milwaukee aka Harry Doyle and he's on his fifty second season. As a baseball announcer, I mean, it's absolutely incredible the career he's had. Have you had a chance to talk to him and pick his brain about any experiences he's had along the way in his career?
1: I mean, the dude is, he's is the king of puns. So, Love that. Um,
0: dad joke guy. You know,
1: uh, I wouldn't even, it's just, it's just a, it's a uke joke. You know, like he's just <laughs> big on, he's just big. Like when he says things like his punchlines and his comeback, everything's just like, He's so with it when it comes to stuff like they're so witty. So, um, yeah, I've definitely had opportunities of talking to him. He's always in the clubhouse. He has his uh, Jordan low 11s on and, uh, <laughs> you know, just, just doing it. Just That's doing great. it. You know, he's like, Coach, I'm like, Yoo! you know, we're just, you know, he's a great guy, man. Just it's fun. It's fun to have him in the clubhouse. And, um, yeah, anytime I get a chance, I talk to him. So, um, yeah, it, it is great.
0: That's great. Uh so all right, I got a couple fun questions before you for you before we wrap up. First of which being Milwaukee, the stadium is known for the slide, Bernie's slide out there in left field. Have you been down it yet? I have
1: not. I would love to do it. Um I don't know if it's allowed, but <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have did it when I was a visiting player. Um, but yeah, I would I would love to do it. It looks like a lot of fun. I know a few guys have done it, so um, yeah, I haven't done it yet, but yeah, maybe maybe here in the near future. <laughs> all
0: right. So you guys are – you're you're out there. You're one of the games. You're playing in the outfield. The, the sausage race is a huge deal there. Are you guys, as in the outfielders, is there any, like, side wagers going on on who's going to win that day?
1: No, no one ever really talks about it. But, of course, everyone's favorite. One is the chorizo. Um, <laughs> the, the kids, all the kids love chorizo because they think it's like a cowboy. Um, so, um, my, my son loves treats. So he also loves the hot dog, but, um, yeah, it's no wages, no side wages or nothing like that. I just, I just watch it and I'm just, I don't really understand how they can keep those things balanced and run in those <laughs> things, but you definitely see some people eat it. So, um, <laughs> it's never fun. It's not the eating it part. It's them getting back up because <laughs> it's top heavy.
0: It's top heavy. Oh God. And you're, and you're. 14-year career now. Who is the toughest pitcher that you have ever faced? You can name a couple if you Tim, need to.
1: Tim Lincecum. Okay. Tim Lincecum. The freak. They called him. I mean, there's a reason why they called him that. Um, I think I was like 0 oh, for the century before I got my first hit off of him. Um, and then uh, got, I got him, though. Got him in that book. Got him in that Love book, that. Got Love him. that. So, I got it. you know, he might have punched the ticket 10 times, but I got him one time. Um but yeah, he was definitely tough. RA Dickey. Knuckleball. I mean, you don't see many of those and there's a reason why that guy and I believe it was 13 was, you know, a 20 game winner.
0: Did you face him um, in that Cy Young year? Oh yeah. Oh Wait, yeah. So that it Cy Young year was your look, MVP year, right? I believe so. It's a big matchup. But,
1: but but man, I'm telling you, like, it doesn't matter. It, it all looked the same. I think my first hit off of him was when I was a rookie and he was on the twins. And he wasn't throwing the knuckleball as much. He was still throwing more fastballs. And I remember I think I think I got a hit off of men. And then I didn't get another hit for like 20 at bats. Like he is he just he's a tough at bat. He's a guy when he's pitching, I'm like, all right, man, I don't really gotta be in the lineup today. <laughs>
0: Gee. <laughs> um, all right, another one for you. Of all the stadiums that you have played at, and let's take let's take PNC out of it. I know what Pittsburgh means to you and you've played there for so many years. So excluding PNC, which is one of my favorite as well, what is your favorite ballpark to go to and to visit and play at?
1: Okay, so hitting wise. I'm in Milwaukee, so like Milwaukee is probably one of my top love places that. to go to. Um, uh, Wrigley Field is great. I, I mean, I know the fans can be tough, but playing there, the atmosphere, the nostalgia of it, I, I really love playing there. It's always 40,000 people there yeah. every night, no matter when. Monday Monday night, you know, 7 o'clock, it's going to be 40,000 people. Um, so it, it, it's, it's a great place to be, man. The atmosphere is crazy um and um i mean dodger stadium man dodger stadium is great i love i love playing there i love the atmosphere there as well get that hollywood feel you know so um yeah i think it's another place i like like playing as well i mean all the ballparks are great they're big league ballparks true um but um yeah i think those are just a few places that are that are that are fun fun to play in great great atmospheres and uh yeah, I like breath of fresh air when you go there.
0: Yeah. If you could put together the ultimate BP group, including yourself, let's go a group of five. So yourself and four others. It could be guys you've admired, the greatest of all time, or guys you just think are funny. Who would be other four players to be in your BP group?
1: Oh, my gosh. My gosh. I mean, Jackie Robinson, for sure. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., because that was my most favorite player growing up um Mike, uh Giancarlo Stanton because he hits absolute <laughs> missiles and um probably Mike Trout I think that would probably be my group that'd be my group of guys um I think it's just a uh, ultimate group I of course would lead off because I don't got their type of pop
0: you can't uh, go after I would him.
1: just be no, I'm going first, and uh, yeah, I'm just playing the ball to the opposite side of the field, and I would just sit back and watch what they do, so uh, I think that'd be a great group of guys to be around.
0: <laughs> I love that. That's a great group. Um, all right, last one for you here. Um, you've been around the game for a while now and had an incredible career, and I doubt you have seen anybody play the game and do what Shohei Otani is doing. How cool is it to watch him and to see what he's doing, and how impressive is it in your eyes to watch him play baseball?
1: Quite frankly, I don't understand how a guy doesn't like deflate because he. <laughs> I mean, you're 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 hitting every day, and then you're pitching, and you're also hitting on the days that you pitch. Like, you know, the whole old Tony rule. He has his own. He has his own rule now. You know, like it's uh it's it's amazing to watch what he's doing um, and what he's capable of doing on both sides of the ball. And um, I think the advantage that he has is he's a hitter. So he understands as a pitcher, how hitters feel, what they're thinking. He 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 gets that. So he can go up there and he can pitch and he could be like, dude, I, I, I understand this. That's why I could throw this. pitch." And he has plus plus stuff as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's amazing, you know, watching him throw those ninety-four, you know, mile an hour cutters and front door and front hip and righties with it with two strikes. You know, it's 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 just amazing to watch. I mean, I I got to face him for the first time ever during in spring training. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, most guys are working on stuff, and that's what he was working on that game. He was trying to work on front hip front hip cutters the entire time, front hip sliders. And um, I just remember, I remember like pacing him. And I'm like, man, this, I mean, I know it's, he's not there yet, but his, his stuff's really good, man. It's, it's, it's easy. It's, it's free and easy. It's, it's, um, it's fun to watch, man. He really is. And uh, hopefully he can, you know, continue it and hopefully he can listen to his body as well. Yeah. And, you know, and just at times be like, all right, let me, let me back off that, 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 that gas, that gas a little bit yeah. uh, because, you know, He's a guy who's needed in the game, but he needs to realize that you know he needs to think about himself first. So hopefully he can just uh, yeah, keep doing it, man, because it's 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 fun to watch.
0: I had uh, I had A Rod and Poppy on here last year, and they said he has to be single. That's the only way he can do it. <laughs> uh. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Kutch, this has been a blast, man. Your your career, your journey has been awesome. It's been a lot of fun to watch. If you could give any advice to to kids coming up playing the game of baseball what what would that advice be
1: man you are your biggest critic there' there's no bigger critic than yourself in this in this world regardless of what it is that you do so uh you know whatever it is that you like people say you put your mind to it you can do it but in a in a in a bigger sense of what they're saying is you motivate yourself you you go and do whatever it is that you want to do in the world you go put the work in that that's First and foremost. So um, if you put the work in, if you're dedicated, if you go out and do, you know, things that you need to do to be able to reach your goals, man, you're going to do it. You know, um, failure is a part of it. You're going to fail. Uh, it's going to happen, but use that as a as a learning curve to 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 keep going and to keep pushing. And and I'm telling you, man, it, it's gonna it's gonna propel you to do some successful things. Not only that one thing but that's going to open the door for more opportunities and more successes that's what people need to realize uh you might have one goal my goal i want to be a major league baseball player i get there that opens the door for other opportunities of success as well so i think it's it's just that man you put in the work and and man you do that sky's the limit man it really is um, I'm still working, man. I'm still out there every single day. Even at this point in my career, I'm still trying to get better. I was watching video out here before I even got on here with you, so I'm just trying, trying to get better, man. Trying, Love trying that. to because I know there's still room. There's still room to get better. There's still room to to challenge myself. And um, yeah, man, that's what it's all about.
0: Love that, man. Well, I've always admired the the way you play the game of baseball on the field and and the person you've been off the field. So thank you so much for, for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. You're forever a friend of flipping Bats, so I appreciate you hopping on, and good luck the rest of the way, man. I appreciate it.
1: All right, man. I appreciate it for having me. All right, man. See ya.
0: Man, that was awesome. Just wanted to thank Andrew McCutcheon for joining me. Thank you all for listening. What a blast of a conversation. What a guy. So easy to root for. I hope he continues to play for another 5, 10 years. The game of baseball needs him. What a legend. What an absolute legend and and just a blast to talk to. So I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. I know I certainly did. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Flippin' Bats. Make sure you like, subscribe to the episode, wherever it is that you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, all that good stuff. We're also on social media, Flippin' Bats Pod. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can watch every episode, the video of it, on YouTube as well. This has been a blast. Thank you all for listening, and I will see you next time on Flipping Back.